You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Hi, welcome to Nick Luck Daily. It's Wednesday the 28th of December, Tom Stanley in for Nick, our second podcast of the week and we're very much in the midst of uh, some superb racing between Britain and Ireland and that continues today. We'll be looking ahead to the Savills Chase, the, the Christmas Hurdle over in Ireland, all on ITV Racing if you're in the UK, but we should first of all reflect on some excellent action on the track yesterday. We'll come to Ireland but uh, broadcaster and journalist Rishi Passad and I will start with the best of the UK action, Rishi, and with the feature handicap, the, the Welsh National, which went to Nicky Martin and the two amigos. It wasn't quite to be, Rishi, the uh, fairy tale story for the, the Tizards, with um, Joe Tizard winning it in memory of his sister, Kim Gingell, um, their horse, the big breakaway, finished second. What did you make of the winner? I thought it was a fantastic performance from the horse in terms of the enthusiasm and the way he raced out in front and uh, jumped beautifully for the majority of the race. Obviously, the two amigos was getting plenty of weight from the big breakaway and the big dog and was even getting, you know, 12 pounds from Trucker's Lodge uh, back and forth. But race with a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of zest. And of course, a horse who'd run well in the race in uh, two previous editions, missed the race last year through administrative uh, mix-up. Um, but back in the race again, um, a massive day for connections, obviously for Nicky Martin and David Pritchard. I mean, a lot was made of David Pritchard after the race uh, in the media about the fact that you know he's had his struggles as an amateur and um, battled away, gave it up briefly. But it's it's part of the it's part of the DNA. Once you get involved in racing, it's very hard to step away from it, come back to it, um, and enjoyed the finest day of his career um, in a in a huge race, and obviously a race that would have meant a lot to a Welshman. Well, trainer Nicky Martin joins me on on the phone now. Um, I know you've not been too well over the Christmas period with this horrible flu going around, Nicky, but I hope yesterday was a bit of tonic anyway. No, yesterday was, yes, yesterday was amazing. He so deserved it. Um, he sort of, you know, he loves checks though. And he had, well, second, he hasn't won for three years, bless him. So he sort of deserved it because he always puts his heart into it. And did you did you go in into the race thinking, yeah, we've you know we we've got a horse on form because I mean early prices he was a silly old price wasn't he? To be fair, he was in the best order he's been in for two years. He wasn't over. My horses weren't very healthy last year, um, and we knew he was on form. I knew we had a really good weight because he does. Because he's so tiny, he does need. I think go in a better grade with a lower weight. Mm. Um, that's my personal opinion. And I was just sort of praying that he got in, and he did just sort of scrape in at the bottom, really. It's, it's unusual for a horse of 127 to get into that race. Well, ideal, ideal that he did. Um, he'll obviously go up a bit now. What do, do you have anything anything in mind for him? Another sort of, you know, another he'll national for him? go to the Grand National Trial if he gets in, because he loves Haydock as well. Yeah. He's always run well in that race. And I don't think that's till February, so it gives him, you know, enough time. But saying that, he came off the lorry fresh as though he hadn't even raced yesterday. <laughs> uh, that race is in and around the waits time, isn't it, for the National, I think? Yes, I think it is. I was going to look it up this morning, but that would be my sort of idea. 
he's got to have a long trip and be three miles. He just doesn't do three miles. He's got he's got a cruising speed, and that's and he'll just keep going. Hmm. Um, good fun at the at the yard last night. I'm sure everyone, the whole team, must have been delighted. Uh, yes, the whole team sort of arrived at my house, and there was quite a lot of debris. <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm but glad. Good days because there isn't always that many of them. Yeah, of course, of course you do, of course you do. Um, one other horse I wanted to ask you about, Bear Gills, who um, obviously had a, a bit of time off. What what was the exact problem he had, Nikki? He had um, it was his hind leg. It was in his fetlock, so he was stem sending cells. He was never lame, um, but he was stem cells, and that's all. Well, hand cells, but that's all he needs. Yeah. He had Okay, he's gone down. He's been eased in the handicap off the back of the run last time. So, do you do, do you think that's fair? You know, do you think he could be interesting in a in a handicap going forward? Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, if he's half the horse he was two years ago, definitely, and we think he is. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed. We've still got high hopes for him. Obviously, the dream fell apart a bit okay. like, after you talked to tell. You know, we thought we were going to Kempton, and then you know he, he just didn't run well enough to consider that option. Mm. So. We'll find something in the new year for him. Good stuff. Well done again yesterday. Appreciate the update. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks very much. We at Kempton, Richie, which is where you were, had uh, mm-hmm. two grade twos where the two favourites in those respective races unseated. First of all, the, the most notable one was Edward Stone, who uh, unseated early on in, in the race, made a, a real clattering error and, and gave um, his rider, Tom Cannon, absolutely no chance of maintaining the, the partnership. One thing that I thought was what was nice to see, although I'm sure Alan King doesn't share this view, given that um, his horse ran ran the entirety of the race, and you'd much rather your horse just stop and say, oh, no rider on board, right, that's enough for me. But Edward Stone <laughs> took himself to the front, jumped every fence with with um, great aplomb and, um, and, and pricked his ears and seemed to be thoroughly enjoying himself. But it was a shame he was riderless, and Editor De Geet was a was a fantastic and emotional winner-ish. Yeah, uh, a word about Edward Stone firstly, uh, Tom. I thought, uh, you know, some of the reaction about Edward Stone getting or unseating and, and that happening yesterday, um, I think it's just important to keep it. It's one mistake, you know, horses uh, jumping a lot and, and it's one mistake he's made over fences. You know, the other time he came down over fences last season, it wasn't his fault. So in general, he's a pretty good jumper. So I'm happy to put a line through this run and onwards and upwards. He still remains one of the best hopes, um, certainly in the top three for the Queen Mother Champion chase, in my opinion. So nothing he, much has changed. For he was in eased in the betting. Sorry, he was eased slightly yeah. in the betting, which I thought was interesting to out to 11 to 4. I mean, we'll come to Blue Lord and perhaps that was a yeah. slight reaction to that performance as well. But were you surprised he was eased slightly? If it was based solely on the fact of the error and the fact that he unseated yesterday, then I would have been surprised. But um, I think maybe the reaction of easing might be, as you say, as you intimate, that Blue Lord was impressive in Ireland. Because um, I still think, you know, horses make mistakes all the time. Some of them get away with it. I remember, you know, Long Preston made a horrid mistake at the rehearsal chase, yet he got away with it and won. And it was almost as if he, you know, it, it didn't matter. So unfortunately, he didn't get away with it yesterday, but I still think he's a, a, a big contender for the Queen Mother Champion chase, Edward Stone. As for editor Dejit, 
who wanted a massive prize. That's uh, a, a massive day for connections for Niall Houlihan. Terrific opportunity and a really good ride, aggressive. I think that's the way you ride him on this type of track, you know, on a right-handed track. Uh, he seems to go particularly well with that sort of ride. The one uh, element of the success that I think was even even more important than, you know, Editor the Jeep, the horse winning a grade two at 28 to one, was the fact that one of the owners, Trevor Jacobs of Editor the Jeep, suffered a... Um, uh, he suffered earlier this year with um, Guillain Barr syndrome, which meant that he's been uh, paralysed for six months, and he actually spent a month in a coma. And his son uh, Ryan was at the racecourse yesterday, uh, and I had the privilege to interview him. And he spoke emotionally about the fact that his his father, you know, has obviously had a, a horrid time, but actually he he was out of a coma and was able to watch uh editor Dijit's success yesterday which will no doubt have brought him um, some comfort and some uh, uh excitement watching his horse <clears throat> do what he did yesterday and sometimes obviously we get wrapped up in the facts and figures of a, of a horse's win or defeat or whatever it is but a lot of the times it carries far more important than far more importance than just a, a result you know it carries a lot for the people who are associated with those horses and that was such a moment yesterday and Boot Hill won the Wayward Lad. Um, he was trimmed in for the Grand Annual. He's now favourite for that. A little bit for the Arco as well. Whether he wants to take on John Bon again remains to be seen. I suppose he could do in a, in a Kingmaker potentially if they if they uh, want to find out how he he fares against that horse again. What did you make of the performance first of all, and and how deep a race it was? I thought it was an excellent performance. Uh, I thought um, Orkin Risk. I think he's a really smart novice. And he jumped really well. He was given a good aggressive ride by Tom Cannon. And he had uh, Boot Hill, I thought, in a little bit of trouble. But Jonathan Johnny Burke is riding brilliantly at the moment. And the way he eased Boot Hill into contention, he never panicked. And I think that helped Boot Hill up the home straight. Um, I think the front two are very, very good novices. Um, bearing in mind, obviously, race off level weights. And Boot Hill gave John Bond uh, a bit of a race. Uh, at Sandown, and yet Orkin Risk and, and Boot Hill, there's only a length to separate them. I think they're good horses. Um, I thought uh, Boot Hill, were he to take on John Bon again, he could get he could get a bit closer because he's getting more experienced. But would he beat John Bon? What are the li- what's the likelihood of him doing that? It's probably less likely than him winning a, a Grand Annual. So personally, I would probably go Grand Daniel with a horse like Boot Hill. Um, I think John Bond would still be a very good race in the in the uh, in the arc because there's some good horses putting themselves forward for the race now. Um, but if I if I were connections of Boot Hill, I'd head to the Grand Daniel. Um, but I really like Orkin Riss. I, I think he's a lovely horse. He's only he's a year younger than Boot Hill. He jumps really well. He's he, he responds out in front to aggressive rides or uh, forceful rides. And uh, I really like him. He's he's got that nature and character that uh, uh, you know you could he could he could have a little fan fan club over the years to come. And so to Ireland, uh, six of the seven races at Leverstown went to to Willie Mullins. I mean, he did have five of the seven favourites for those races. Although uh, one of his favourites, Shaq and Poursois, disappointed. It meant that Blue Lord won that race and was trimmed in for the Champion Chase. As I say, around about a seven to one shot now. For all Edwardstone disappointed, he has won a Tingle Creek, and all of a sudden last year's novices don't look too bad. It's kind. It's seemingly sending him down towards the Queen Mother Champion Chase route. Whereas I think after he won first time out this season, there was a, a great deal of thought that he would be a good backup to Alaho in the Ryanair, 
obviously don't know what's going to happen with Alaho for certain yet. Now it seems that he might be good backup for her in Ergerman, uh in the Queen Mother Champion Chase. I, I'm not entirely certain that does a does a, a an eleven length defeat of Captain Guinness entitle him to become now a huge challenger to Energument? Probably yes, but I'm slightly concerned that the the defeat or the way his his price is contracted includes the uh, element of Chacun-Bossoir, uh being behind him. I thought Chacun-Bossoir, when he's about to take it up and about to go on where he made that mistake, I thought things were going well to plan. But of course, he made what was a, a pretty serious mistake and it, it dropped him so far back. Um, and then obviously Blue Lord is traveling. Blue Lord is obviously a very good horse. We know that anyway. Um, but I'd be a little bit slower in reacting to Blue Lord's impressive success of Captain Guinness and ahead of Chacun Boursois in the sense that I think Chacun Boursois, you know, that mistake was so bad um, that it's not a true, uh, nowhere near a true reflection of Blue Lord's superiority over Chacun Boursois. And I'd like to see them line up again against each other in order to determine my thoughts about Blue Lord at the highest level over two miles with these seasoned chasers. Obviously, he was a very good novice. Um, but there's still a little bit more to prove for me uh, for Blue Lord over two miles. But he's very good. Um, I, I don't, and I, I can't be certain. I mean, do you do you feel that he's going to be a, a Queen Mother champion chasers or a Ryan Eels? And does it depend on what happens with Alaho and Energaman? Well, I, I think it, you know he's not going to be a Ryan Air horse because if Alaho lines up there, which we think is likely, yes, I know he's had setbacks, but it's hard to see Blue Lord beating Alaho and. In a Queen Mother Champion chase, I, I suppose I just never held him in the highest regard, Blue Lord, last year because it always seemed he was third or fourth in the Mullins pecking order as as, as far as the two mile novice chases went last year. Um, but then, you know, what happened to Fernie Hollow, or, or we didn't get to see Fernie Hollow, um, meant that he was pr- promoted and appreciated as well, staying over hurdles. So I don't know. On paper, Ish, if I if if you'd have told me that he would beat horses like Gentleman de May, Chac and Pourcoix, Captain Guinness by eleven lengths or more. Um, well, I, well, I wouldn't have believed you, you know, and on paper, that's a phenomenal performance. But Gentleman de May has been frighteningly disappointing all this season, having beaten Edward Stone last year. Shaq and Poursois made the mistake. And for all I hate saying it, it's using a horse as a marker. Captain Guinness is probably the marker of it. I mean, he's hammered him, but I I, I can't get too carried away with the form. I, I um, no. Yeah, I, I can't. So ultimately, it, he's not my idea of the champion chase winner or value at seven to one personally. No, I, I, my thought was if Shaka Bossois had beaten Captain Guinness by 11 lengths, would we have made as much about it as said, well, Shaka Bossois is is back and he's going to win everything this season? Probably not because he's got the whole Cheltenham issue that... Um, that people have spoken about many a time. So we wouldn't have done that, um, which it just tempers my enthusiasm for Blue Lord. The fact that I, I would have, I would have personally expected Shackable Sword to have dismissed Captain Guinness in a similar sort of fashion to Blue Lord. What he did from the last fence, Blue Lord to the line was very impressive. And I'm not taking that away from him. I'm just holding fire on becoming too enthusiastic for his Queen Mother Champion Chase chance just yet. Uh, I'd just hang hang on for for a, a little bit longer. Well, Blue Lord's jockey yesterday was Daryl Jacob. Um, goodness, Daryl, he he was he was really good. I, I've just been saying to Rishi here how he, initially you looked at the novice form from last year, and perhaps people were a bit sceptical. But I don't know; it looks pretty good now. 
Yes, uh, it's very smart, obviously, with Edward Stone, um, you know, coming out and uh, winning the Tingle Creek and obviously what Blue Lord done, done, done yesterday and even in the Clonmel oil chase, you know, over two and a half, he was, he was very, very impressive there. He beat uh, a season pro, didn't he, there as well. So, um, look, at the form is very, very good. I mean, but we've always rated Blue Lord anyway, you know, from 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 very, very early doors, um, we've always rated him. Do you think he? Oh, oh, I'll ask that again. What what trip do you think he's he's most natural over? Look, I think he's I think he's very versatile. Um, I suppose he could go. It depends on what the ground is like on the day, but you could go two two and a half. Um, you know, any, anywhere around then. So I think it all depends on the races and the conditions of the day. What you kind of what what trip you want to go for, really? But he's very adaptable. And and just just take me through the race because obviously Shaq and Poursois was was favourite. I mean, on paper it was a deep enough race. What, what was what was going through your mind as the race unfolded? Oh, it was a very good race. I mean, you know, in Ireland, all of them races, um, all of them great ones in Ireland are very very competitive and are very very good because they got to take each other on all the time, haven't they? Um, uh, it was run at a good even solid gallop um, the whole way. Um, you know, uh, Rachel, Rachel, and uh, Keith, they kept the, they kept pace very honest, and Paul and me were just tracking them, and Mark was tracking them. So, you know, I knew Mark was going to go forward, and I knew Paul was going to go forward. But you know, even them, they couldn't even they couldn't even make the running. So, you know, I knew the pace was strong, but um, you know, I was very very happy with my lad. He was in he was in his comfort zone the whole way. Um, you know, and I felt in control of the race for for a long time. And it and just. Looking at your your record over in Ireland, um, this year has been excellent for you. You seem to be going over there more often. Is, is that something that's more official per se, or, or is that just opportunities that have risen for the bosses? No, look at obviously it's only an icy I've got plenty of horses in Ireland, um, you know, and I'm I'm very very glad to to fill in the gaps whenever and whenever the gaps need filling in. We've got you know a lot of horses with Stuart Crawford, Joseph O'Brien, and Willie and. They say, look, I enjoy going over there. I enjoy sitting on these young horses and, and watching their careers and, you know, just giving a little bit of feedback. If I can give a little bit of feedback, but, um, you know, the racing in Ireland is very, very strong. There's very, very good prize money. So when you get the opportunity to go over there, you're not going to turn it down, are you? Tom, man, well done again yesterday. Cheers, Daryl. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having uh, I hope this isn't too early for a Cheltenham preview. <laughs> <laughs> this is your first well, of them. Yeah, well, there's, guess what? There's going to be a lot more. Oh, yeah. Few, uh, yeah. I mean, actual Cheltenham previews. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. um, I'm, plan- I'm planning on doing another one tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Fasil Vega? Yeah, that's where we're going to come to next. He won two to nine favourite. He won pretty easily. He's uh, 11 to 10 or so for a best price for the Skybet Supreme. What Did we learn anything? I don't, I don't think we learned a great deal. Um, some people weren't impressed. I don't think... I, I wonder how... I just. How hard he had to work to to win, uh, beat Ilete Tom by four lengths. I'm not not that certain that he was that stretched. All I'd say is at the prices for Jordan, uh Supreme Novices Hurdle, I just think that you know, jet powered. I'm certain he's a he's a top class horse. <laughs> or I feel that he's a top a top class horse. My strong belief is that he is very very good. You watch the way he went through the race and the manner of the way he won at Newbury. Um, I'm sure he's he's going to be a big challenger uh again it's it's too early to be too adamant about it um but the performances that Fasil Vegas put up uh, uh, in bumpers and so far over hurdles have been enough to carry on the belief that he could be something very special 
uh, over hurdles and who knows about the future, but it's enough. It's not more than that. And I'm, I'm staying with that judgment for the moment on him. Well, that one race at Leopardstown that um, didn't go to the team Mullins did go to a former Mullins horse now trained by Eric McNamara, who joins me now. Eric, well done. What a day for you. How are you feeling this morning? Uh, so I'm feeling good. You no, know, it was a, a proud day and a great day. Um, great to get the on horse back to, back to farmer again. And um, very proud of Connor, who gave him a great ride on the day. And um, no, it was it was one of those one of those great days. Thanks be to God. Yeah, Connor, your your son who rode real steel to to victory. How did you feel about the the horse going into the race? Did you did you feel you had him spot on? I thought we had. Yeah. Um, his homework had been exceptional for the last couple of weeks, <clears throat> and um, he seemed to be in a great place with himself. And um, we were always conscious for the last few months to be trying to work him against maybe inferior horses. That you know he was always getting his head in front, and mentally we were trying to get him right. And um, no, he was a he was a very very fit horse yesterday, and uh, a horse that was in a very good frame of mind. I thought. And I'm, I'm reading. You went to the sales and didn't want to leave without him. So um, it, it was it, it was yourself and the owner. The plan came together, did it? Yeah, well, basically, I kind of bought him, I suppose, on spec, really, um, and was hoping to get a get a, someone into him. Um, I just really liked him. Harold Kirk was there on the day, actually, and uh, I, I was asking Harold about him. And you know, even Harold Kirk says, "Eric, whatever you do, don't leave the sales without this horse. He'll win a big one for you someday." And I bought him, I bought him on spec and uh, I came home and I rang Tyg Moynihan about him and um, Tyg said, if you want him, Eric, he says, I'd pay for it. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, well, look, fantastic for you and, and for Tyg. So, well, he's, he's won his big one for you now, but given his, you know, what he's been capable of in, in the past and graded successes, are you looking at anything in particular next, Eric? I haven't really thought about it, to be very, very honest. Um, we had to, today's race in mind for the last couple of months, I suppose, really. And um, we thought that he was, he was well handicapped if we could get him back to back to farm again. And um, that has worked out. So we haven't looked beyond yesterday, really. But um, I'm sure we'll find something for him. But we, we certainly won't be in any rush to get him out again anyway. Uh, fair enough. Tell me you and Ty had a bit on at 33s as well, or bigger. paid for himself in in more ways than one great to hear good stuff eric thanks ever so much thanks very much thank you okay the willie mullins leopard domination could continue today could um although the market wouldn't have it that it's likely to necessarily in the savills chase who wins that Aplutar for me um confident confident Aplutar. Yeah. really yeah. but what yeah, I, I, you're I, over last time well, earlier we were chatting about Edwardstone and I was saying about one horse making mistake, horses make mistakes, and I'm happy to forgive one or two mistakes or one or two issues. Aplutard's <laughs> win in the Gold Cup was huge. His win in the Betfair Chase last year was huge. He's had one disappointing run this season. An excuse, a valid excuse, has come to light. Uh, connections have said they believe he's back to his best and he appears to be back to his best. Um, that's good enough for me for a horse who was pretty short to repeat his success in the Gold Cup in the anti-post market at the start of the season and 
if you put a line through the run at Haydock, what price would he have been now for this race? I mean, it, it's a question of do we believe connections? I believe that the Bromhead team, that the horse has had that issue and that he's back to his best. And therefore, odds against Aplutard in that race, it's good enough for me. It's a massive ride for Sam Ewing on Galvin as well. Jordan Gainford uh, rides Fury Road. He had his first domestic grade one on on Boxing Day. And uh, Sam Ewing rides Galvin, who's about 13 to 2, and that would be his his first grade one, all told. Um, the, the, it, Gordon Elliott has got a, a host of impressive, talented young riders, but that's a, mm. that's a notably big ride for Sam. It's a huge ride. Uh, on the horse, of course, won the race last year uh, under the now retired Davy Russell. So big shoes to fill, but the talent is there without question. So hopefully uh, Galvin will give him a good spin. I personally don't think Galvin, um, he's, he's got to step up significantly from the run at Dan Royal his, um, when he was behind Envoy Island. That was very disappointing. Um, he had obviously won at Punchestown prior to that, but that was a disappointing run last time. So he's got to bounce back from that. Um, but Sam Ewing, he's definitely a name that uh, we'll be hearing a lot more. We've already heard a lot of him already. He's clearly very, very talented. And um, hopefully today he gets a good spin on a very talented horse, but finishes a good second to Aplutal. The Christmas hurdle has Flooring Porter at the, the top of the market. That horse is to be ridden by Danny Mullins. Danny joins me now. Danny, I'm sure you're first and foremost looking forward to getting this horse back over three miles in Grade One company. Yeah, definitely. So, and um, you know, at, at this trip, and um, we're not another couple of months into the season. I think he, he's got with that first race over two and a half. Probably because he is that little bit gassy and worried to start at his optimum trip at two miles. It might be just a little bit hard on him at that stage of the season. And the fact that he got beaten now and doesn't worry us, uh, he's still um, looking at the main target in March. And fingers crossed we can give it a good rattle today. Mm. What sort of feel did he give you last time? Was it very much a sort of starting point feel? Uh, it was, you know, the year before in Navan, he was probably a little bit more electric underneath me onto the start and the first mile of the race. And this year, he relaxed well, took a good blow. I knew across the top when Ashdale Bob was getting onto my tail that it was going to be a long way down the straight and... You know, when he took that blow, I didn't want to kill him. And, you know, he, he still ran a solid race. I think with improvement from that, he's going to be well in the mix today. Now, um, last year, it was a, obviously it was a funny race at the start, wasn't it? And, and your boy was playing catch-up, which I know he's not used to. But do, do we expect him to, to do what he tends to do best, just just be on the front end and, and giving, out, giving everything else a hard time in behind? Um, okay, just to, to touch on a, a few other points over over Christmas, um, Franco in the Savills. I mean, he's. I know you've been over to, to France with him. Is he up against it? You would think he's up against it, but he's 
You're on uh, Vauban as well in the the Matheson. Um, what, I mean, the two mile hurdle division is is frighteningly strong, isn't it? This this is tomorrow. Um, where where do you or how excited first of all are you to to ride Vauban on the track for the first time? Yeah, you know, you, you look at his form last year, and he usually is a top juvenile, and you know, coming back. Um, I think he could have a good chance here. Sometimes it can be traditionally difficult for the juveniles to mix it with the open hurdlers, but the fact that he was so good last year gives them a great chance. Um, Sharjah loves Leopard Sound, but maybe the ground with all the rain we've been having is going to be on the slow side for him. Bobon won, or not, uh, Stateman won a week maybe a, a weekish Morgiana, but the manner in which he victory achieved victory in that day was taken, so I think he might have a bit more to offer. And hopefully yeah, my Lebron can can show his best and get involved with them. What's the sort of perception at home of what Constitution Hill's been doing over here? Okay, and lastly, you were on in Letton yesterday in the future champions behind Fasal Vega. How strong a group one, did, a grade one? Sorry, did you feel that that was riding second in it? I think it was um, a, a little bit of a stop start race. I had planned to make the run in on Letton, and he, he missed the first, and then Paul went and made the run in. And I, I wasn't going to go up there and, and force Paul along and get myself beat uh, for second. And I rode more of a tactical race once he made that mistake at the, at the first. Uh, I think Fasal Vega would have to improve, uh, you know, to be a, a top supreme horse from yesterday's performance. But he has all the scope to do it. It probably would have suited Fasal Vega had I given him a lead for longer, but I was riding to beat him. <laughs> there you go. Um, appreciate your time, and yeah, good luck today, particularly on Florian Porter. Cheers, Danny. Thank you. Well, he'll do for me, Rishi, Florian Porter, I mean. Danny will as well, but 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 uh, I think Florian Porter's got a got a great chance today. He's just he's just the best horse in the race, isn't he? Uh, yes, 
and the ratings say that. And of course, his record in the stairs hurdle says that he's the one to beat. Um, I still, I'm not giving up on Bob Ollinger just yet. You're so um, forgiving, aren't you? You are just, it's just adding into this, you know, oh, Rishi's such a nice guy. He is a nice guy. Maybe he's too <laughs> nice. Maybe he's too forgiving. No, 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 no. Trust me. I am quite happy after I've lost enough money on horses to put a line <laughs> through them. Um, but I did, I thought looking at that run uh, at Navin, Bob Ollinger, Florin Porter, home by the Lee, I thought for my money, Bob Ollinger moved through the race like the best horse in it. And there is that little nagging doubt that he just didn't finish his race off because he's maybe a little bit soft or maybe he's a little bit uh, or he's he's thoughtful about putting himself through the the real depths of a pain barrier nowadays i don't know but i also like to hear what henry de bromhead says about his horses because clearly he knows them a lot better than i do so the fact that he felt that the horse would come on for the run and that be the reason i'm prepared to say I, i'm prepared to say give him one more chance bob ollinger was was a very very talented hurdler the novice campaign a bit questionable but he deserves a shot over hurdles again to prove whether or not he is the horse that we all thought he was when he won at the Cheltenham festival in in, in 2021 um i thought it was a really good run home by Lily wore him down uh, at navan and wore down a horse who was getting tired so if connections are right and that he would come on significantly for the run then I'm prepared to take another chance at Bob Bollinger. I, I'm not buying in just yet to the fact that he doesn't stay. You know, he, he was a very good staying novice hurdler. So I'll give him a chance today. Maybe the final chance. You know, everybody gets a final chance. So Bob Bollinger, one last time. I think he might be the most talented horse in the race for me. And it would be wonderful to see Henry de Bromhead win the race named after his son, Jack. That's the 145 at Leopardstown. You can see that live on ITV Racing, part of a real festive bonanza on terrestrial TV. Six out of seven days. Unprecedented, Rishi, but very welcome. Yeah, it is very welcome, I think. And obviously, I'm a little bit biased because I work for ITV and I did a couple of days at Kempton, which I felt um, were really good days to broadcast. And it was certainly a joy to be part of the team and to be on the ground. Um, but even as a racing fan, Tom, were I not working, I'd be sitting in my house and on my sofa watching the racing. And I'd, I'd think what a great opportunity for people who hopefully have a little bit more time over the Christmas to New Year period to sit at home and watch sport on television um and 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 be able to to see what's good about racing and what's uh what we all feel and believe is a really exciting sport to be involved in and to 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 watch um and to get behind and i think you know itv hopefully are doing a good enough job of of showcasing that um and it also gives a chance for some of the other race courses that you know obviously we had a couple of days at kempton chepstow uh today leicester are will be on ITV, which is a great opportunity for, for that particular race course, the Irish racing. Um, and hopefully one or two people will watch who might get excited by it and they might think, oh, this is an interesting sport. And uh, who knows where it might lead to. But that's the, that's the purpose of ITV showcasing themselves over the, or showcasing themselves and racing over this period of time. Um, I can't see it as anything other than a massive benefit to the sport of horse racing. Right, it's Wednesday time for the Hong Kong check-in. Here's Jim McGrath. 
If during today's live coverage of Happy Valley Races, you see Hugh Bowman on the receiving end of a few handshakes and enthusiastic man-hugs, don't be surprised. Four days ago at Sha Tin on Christmas Eve, the popular Aussie jockey was involved in a horrific fall when his mount fast pace suffered a fatal heart attack running to the first turn in a race on the all-weather track. Hong Kong racing held its breath. It looked bad. The race was abandoned mid-race for safety reasons. There was a danger that ambulance staff wouldn't be able to get the jockey off the track before the field came around again. Over the years, Sha Tin has witnessed some awful moments, none more so than 39 years ago when Brian Taylor, Snow Knight's derby-winning jockey, suffered fatal injuries in a similar fall. Those memories still haunt those who were there. But I'm pleased to say this story has a happy ending. Huey came out of it with only a severe headache and a few aches and bruises. He was checked over by doctors and he's been cleared to take a full book of nine rides at Happy Valley under lights today. And Winx's jockey has a couple of nice chances too. In race nine, he rides Maldives for trainer David Hall. Maldives is a handy campaigner who is fully capable of making this a real test for the favourite Comet Splendido, who is Zach Purden's mount. He's back on board, Zach. Zach, by the way, is now 41 wins clear in the Jockeys' Championship, and it's only late December. No Marrera and Shin has left a void, that's for sure. Back to the Valley, it's race nine, number two, Comet Splendido, and six Maldives in Quinellas, Tote Swingers, and throw in number eight, Exceptional Nice, into all multiples. Zach and Huey also look set to dominate race seven on the card. Zach rides number three, Rattan Kingdom, who goes for a backup win here after scoring in quite convincing style last month. He goes up eight pounds in the handicap. I don't think that's going to stop him. One Durham star, Hugh Bowman's mount, is the danger. So three Rattan Kingdom and one Durham star take those in tote swingers and also back uh, Rattan Kingdom to win albeit at a pretty cramped price. One for a bit of value, early on in the card, number seven looking great in race two. Karis Teton steps in to ride this one for Frankie Law, and I think this is a quite a, a useful stayer in the making. He's got number two, Running Glory, as the one to beat. So that's all on the Hong Kong Beat this week. I'll have more for you next week, and a happy new year. Back with Rishi Passad, who's going to give you a tip. I am going to give you a tip. Yeah, it's going to be Aplutar. I think odds against a horse of his talent today in the Savills Chase. Um, I'm happy to to go in um, with a degree of of confidence on Aplutar. I hope, fingers crossed, whatever happens, it's a it's a good positive day for the the Bromhead family, and hopefully they'll have a couple of winners, and hopefully Aplutar will be one of them. Rishi, thank you very much indeed. Thanks as ever to all of you who have tuned in over the Christmas period and indeed today. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Uh, enjoy all the racing. That was Wednesday, the 28th of December. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.